Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be talking about this week's Torah portion. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 19th of July, 2021. I do want to give a brief shout out to my husband. His birthday was yesterday, and he is the young age of 39. Happy birthday, love. I know you had a great day because it was with your family. But um, today we're going to be talking about the Torah portion for this week. And the Torah portion uh, this week is called Vayet Hanan, which means uh, in Hebrew, and I pleaded. Um, it's the first word in the parasha, the beginning of the Torah portion. It is also the 45th week um, in the Torah portion cycle of the annual Jewish cycle of the Torah reading. And it is very interesting. So it's actually a lot longer. Like, you know, it's funny. I was complaining last week about last week's Torah portion. And then I'm reading this week's and I'm like, oh my, like, God clearly heard me. I was like, ha, you've seen nothing yet. So this week's Torah portion, uh, it starts out in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 to chapter 7, verse 11. And then it goes to the Haftarah portion, you know, the portion with the, where you read uh, something from the prophets. And this week it's in Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 26. And then you go to the New Testament or the gospel and you read Luke chapter 3, 2 through 15. Obviously, the half Torah and the gospel portion, not that long. But uh, I tell you what, the Torah portion, it definitely is. Um, which, you know, you kind of make sense because obviously, if you are simply Jewish, you're not going to be reading um, the New Testament. So you're only going to have, I'm assuming, the half Torah and um, the new, the Old Testament. I'm sorry, the Torah portion. Um, so I... You know, I was reading, reading through it, really kind of struggling as I, as I do, but, um, it does, it starts out with, I pleaded without an eye at that time saying, that's how the, the whole thing comes in. But I was kind of looking through this and I was like, Lord, can you, you know, show me what it is that you want me to see, um, throughout this tour portion. And, um, it was interesting to me because basically this is kind of like Moses's last, Hurrah! You know, a lot of this is uh, this is just a synopsis of what happened in Exodus, um, but it's really just he's trying to make a point to the Israelites and tell them, you know, do not turn your eyes away from the Lord. Although it's interesting because he also seems to um, prophesy to them because he says, when you turn away from the Lord and you worship other idols. Um, you will make the graven image images and cause God to be angry and you will be carried away from the promised land and he will scatter you among the nations. Now, obviously this did come to pass, but there are a couple times where God would take his people, um, his chosen people, the Israelites, the Hebrew people um, out of the promised land and they would be, brought as prisoners of war to other nations. Like, you know, Babylon is one of them. 
um, you know, kind of where, where, you know, that's where we meet Daniel, um, you know, the different uh, kings that took them away. I don't remember if it was the Babylonian king or an Assyrian king. Uh, quite frankly, I have not studied that portion of the Bible in a bit. So um, that's not fresh in my memory. As you know, I do not have a fantastic memory. Um, I don't retain things too well unless they're in musical form. So um, bear with me. I am not a scholar. I am not perfect. And um, you are learning, hopefully, along with me. Um, and maybe you'll get some insights when maybe you do your own study on the Torah portion of this week, because that's really what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be stopping and meditating on his word and having these Torah portions set out for us um, is really kind of a great way to be like, well, what do I focus on? I don't know. You know, there, I know there were times as a teenager, I would simply open up my Bible and read whatever happened to pop out. And sometimes it worked out really well. Other times, not so much. So um, this kind of helps take the guesswork out of there for you. So, for me, um, I am not one of those people who highlights their Bible too often. I really struggle with that because I feel like it's the word of God and it's holy. So I don't want to, I almost feel like I'm sullying the book by doing that. But I'm, I'm, I've been convicted a lot lately with the Holy Spirit. It's like when I'm reading the word and the Holy Spirit's like, this part right here, this is what you need to remember. I want you to highlight this. And in either I understand it in the moment or there's like, I have no idea why the heck I am highlighting this right now, Lord, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because you've asked me to. So um, I was reading it and going over it today. And there are actually quite a few different areas where the Lord was having me highlight it um, over in Deuteronomy 4 chapter I'm sorry, chapter four, verse nine. Um, the first thing that he had me highlight was only be watchful and watch over your soul closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen and they slip from your heart all the days of your life. You are to make them known to your children and your children's children. That verse, um, that, that's really verses, um, yeah, it's just verse nine, is so powerful um, to simply even just meditate on that. It's, you know, the Lord is saying you need to be watchful and wait and be careful with your soul and watch over it closely because I don't want you to forget the things your eyes have seen and then they slip from your heart because you know your heart's an evil wicked thing and has a tendency to focus on all the wrong things a lot of the times and um, you are to make them known to your children and your children's children and how often I feel like I have failed in that area where, yes, my children do know the word of God, but there are times where, you know, we don't study the word like we should as a family. We don't read the word together. Um, we don't discuss it like we should. And I think this is a good reminder for me, myself, that I need to be watchful of what we are allowing into our children's eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. Um, because that also can enter into their soul. And we want the right things to be entering into their um, their hearts, minds, souls, and bodies, right? Um, just like we don't allow them to have candy every single night for dinner, at least I hope not, um, because we know it's not good for their bodies. So we need to do with other things as well. Um, you know, it's kind of that little kid's song, you know, oh, be careful little eyes what you see. 
Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Um, I think that that is what that that particular verse brings to mind for me. Um, the next verse that I felt uh, convicted to highlight was, when you are in distress and all these things have come on you, in the latter days you will return to Adonai your God and listen to his voice. For Adonai your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. So to me, it's like, no matter how many times you fail and you're going to fail, come back to me. I'm always here for you. Come back to me and know that Adonai is a merciful God and that he will forgive you and he'll remember the covenant that he had with your fathers. Um, I know for a lot of not Messianic believers, but Christian believers, they have this misconstrued notion that um, the Old Testament has been done away with. And to me, um, Deuteronomy is a really good testament of the fact that that's not true. Um, if you really think about it, um, it was not just um, the Hebrew people who were at Mount Sinai. Um, it was all the people who chose to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob out of Egypt. They did not have to be Hebrew to do that. So there were even Egyptians who chose to follow and become um, part of the children of Israel. Um, they did away with their own idols and, and graven images and chose to follow after Adonai. So um, I think that it's a, a big mistake um, for the Christian faith to have this mentality that because... Um, this is, these are all the rules for just the Hebrew people. We do not have to follow it, which is crazy because who are you following? You're following a Hebrew. You're following a Jew. His name is Yeshua. And if those are the laws that he follows and that his disciples followed because they too were Jewish, um, why in the world would we not? Now, obviously you've listened to my podcast before. We do not have to make sacrifices. Why? One, because there's no temple in Israel anymore. The temple has been been no more for quite a long time. Two, Yeshua is our living sacrifice, right? He is a lamb who took away the sins of the world. So we don't have to actually follow that. Um, so we don't have to, those sacrificial, sacrificial laws, they don't apply anymore because Yeshua is our sacrificial lamb. However, when it comes to things like, um, like part of this, Torah portion, which is Deuteronomy 5, which is the 10 words, right? We went over that, right? The 10 words is what most of us know as the 10 commandments. So most believers believe, yes, the 10 commandments apply, but nothing else does. And to me, it's like, where do you find that? Please show me in the Bible where it says the 10 commandments are still applicable, but nothing else in the Old Testament is. To me, that's that's foolish. Um, and I think that this Torah portion is a really good representation of that. And I'll show you why. Um, the next one that I highlighted is, so you'll know today and take heart that Adonai, he is God, and the heavens above and on the earth below, there is no other. You must keep his statutes and his mitzvot, which I am commanding you today so that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and so that you may prolong your days in the land that Adonai, your God, is giving you for all time, right? That was, the, all of those different highlighted areas were in um, chapter 4. So you have the first one, which is verse 9. Then I have verse 30 and 31. Then I have verse 39 to 40. So then we go to chapter 5. 
And um, most of you are very familiar with this. It's the 10 words. So he's talking about do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not um, bear false witness, observe Yom Shabbat to keep it holy. As Adonai your God command you, six days you are to labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Shabbat to Adonai your God. And this is something even I struggle with because um, depending, on, depending on who you are and where you are in the Messianic community and where you are with your walk, uh, some people are a lot stricter with this than others. Um, some people will go so far as even like the ultra-Orthodox Jewish people where they don't use lights during the um, Shabbat. They, you know, they have their oven setting on Sabbath. They have their refrigerator set on Sabbath. Um, I actually found out this past week, our fridge has that. And we're actually scared to to push the button because we don't know what exactly that will do. If it'll lock our fridge (laughs) or something. Um, I'm sure one of you could email me and let me know exactly what that does. But yeah, we're scared to push that button because um, I don't think opening and shutting your fridge is um, against what the Lord wants you to do. Um, he didn't say you need to fast on that day. He said you need to rest. Um, you are not to do any work, not you or your son or your daughter or your slave or your maid or your ox, your donkey or any of your livestock or the outsider within your gates so that you, your slave and your maid may rest as you do. You must remember that you are slave in the land of Egypt and Adonai your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, Adonai your God commanded you to keep Yom Shabbat. So why am I kind of harping on this one? Because this is one of the big ones where it's like they talk about all the other Ten Commandments except for this one um, in the in the Christian community. Um, it's not really uh, accepted that Saturday is the Shabbat, even though historically it definitely is, even biblically it is. Um, but because if you go do your research, go back to Constantine, he was a lovely, lovely guy. Um, sarcasm definitely implied. Um where he, he did a lot of things and, and a lot of the things that we do today in the church universal is because of Constantine. So you might want to do your research and find out why you do the things that you do. But anyways, um, the next part that I highlighted was actually chapter five, uh, verse 26. If only there were such a heart in them to fear me and keep all my mitzvah always so that it might go well with them and with their children forever. You're kind of seeing the theme, at least that I'm seeing, right? Like you want to continue to follow Yeshua. You want to continue to follow Adonai so that we would be, we would fear Adonai and love him in our hearts so that it would go well with not only us, but our children and our children's children. And as a mom, um, obviously that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, The next verse that I, I highlighted was 29 and 30 of chapter five. So you must take care to do as Adonai your God commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. You are to walk in all the way that Adonai your God has commanded you so that you may live and it may be well with you and you may prolong your days in the land that you will possess. That one pretty much is uh, self-explanatory. Then you go to chapter six. And chapter six is where you will find what we are called to do typically two times a day in the morning when you rise And at night, um, morning when I rise, I definitely forget to do that. I'm going to be open and honest with you about that. At nighttime, before my husband and I go to bed, we always say the Shema together. The Shema, if you do not know, is where you can find it. Chapter 6, verses 4 to 8. And it says, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today are to be on your heart. You should teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. They are to be as frontless between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's also something we as a congregation say every Saturday. We also add the end of that. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it's a super, super important. And I think that it's really good for us to have that as a remembrance. Um, if, it, if not even twice a day, at least once a day for you to remember and, and put your mind right where it needs to be. Um, then I highlighted uh, verse 12. Then watch yourself so that you do not forget Adonai who brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the house of slavery. So you're seeing this pattern, pattern here. Do not forget Adonai. Do not forget what he's done for you. And I think so often as a community and as a people, uh, universal, everyone in the world, we forget. We forget where we came from. We forget how we got to where we are. And we forget that Adonai is the one who has provided all these things that we have now for us. Um, the next thing I highlighted was 25, verse 25. It will be righteousness to us if we take care to do all this commandment before Adonai our God, just as he has commanded us. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm talking to other people, but if not, this is definitely hitting home for me because this is something that I need to constantly be remembering. And, um, I think it's also important too. We need to not become prideful just because we are the children of God. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love anyone else. He does. He loves every human being on the face of this earth. And I think that we need to remember that in the way that we treat others, which is why Yeshua said, Love your neighbor as yourself, right? We are to love everyone um, the same way that Adonai loves us. Um, then we get to, finally we get to chapter 7, right? Um, it's only 7 to 11. And there were three different parts that I highlighted, but I'll tell you what, I'm not really sure exactly why I highlighted them. It's just what I felt the, the Spirit doing, telling me to do. Um, 7 verse 3 is, you are not to intermarry with them. You are not to give your daughter to his son. Or take his daughter for your son, for he will turn your son away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of Adonai will be kindled against you, and he will swiftly destroy you. So I pray that I will take that to, to heart and not allow our children to, <laughs> I guess, intermarry with all these other different religions. I'm not sure. Um, verse 7, it is not because you are more numerous than all the peoples that Adonai set his love on you and chose you, for you are the least of all people. So this is even a reminder. Moses is reminding the people. You are the least of all people. I get that you're the chosen of God, but you're still the least of these. So you still need to not be prideful because I think we all know pride totally comes before the fall. Um, and, and take that to heart. Verse nine, know therefore that Adonai your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant kindness for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his mitzvah. So repeatedly over and over and over and over again, keep the Lord's mitzvah, keep his laws, keep his ordinances. And I think that we need to remember that as a whole of um, believers, we need to keep those mitzvahs and we need to remember where we came from and remember that without the Old Testament, there is no New Testament. And here is a great example. Then we go to the Haftorah portion, which is the prophets, Isaiah 40 verses 1 through 26. And I'm going to read you verse three and let, let me uh, give you a moment. You can let me know if it sounds familiar. 
A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of Adonai, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Does it sound familiar? Let me continue on. Every valley valley will be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low, and rough ground will be a plain and the rugged terrain smooth. The glory of Adonai will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of Adonai has spoken. A voice is saying, cry out. So I said, what shall I cry out? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, for the breath of Adonai blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. I read to about verse 8. But it should sound very familiar. That's that's the portion I'm going to read to you of the Haftarah. Then we're going to run over to the Gospels, which is Luke chapter 3, verses 2 to 15 this week. And they should sound familiar to you. I'm going to read to you starting 2 to 15. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came upon John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he came into all the surrounding region of the Jordan, proclaiming an immersion of repentance for the removal of sins. As it is written in the scroll of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of Adonai and make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled up and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all humanity shall see the salvation of God. Therefore, John was saying to the crowds that came out to be immersed by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Therefore produce fruits worthy of repentance and don't even begin to say among yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that from these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The crowds were asking him, What should we do? He answered them, saying, Whoever has two coats, let him give to the one who has none, and whoever has food, let him do the same. Tax collectors also came to him to be immersed. Teacher, they said to him, What should we do? He said to them, Do not take more than you are supposed to. Also, soldiers asked him, saying, And what should we do? And he said to them, Do not take things from anyone by force. Do not falsely accuse anyone, and be content with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation, and all were wondering in their hearts about John whether he might be the Messiah. There in point, case in point, right there. Um, There cannot be the New Testament without the Old Testament. Um, John the Baptist testifying and saying and speaking straight out of Isaiah, which we just read in chapter 40, right? That the the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of Adonai. Now we know that John was not the Messiah. He was preparing the way for Yeshua. But I think that it's very interesting to note. Um, And I really like the way that they did this Torah portion where they actually merged together quite nicely. Sometimes with these Torah portions, they don't necessarily... um, correlate and or make sense together in my mind. Uh, Maybe it's just the way that I'm reading it, but this particular week, it worked out quite beautifully and the Lord clearly knows what he's doing. Um, I think the whole point of this is to bring you back to the feet of Adonai. To bring, say, Lord, let me lay down at your feet. 
Let me choose to not look to the right or the left. Let me choose to follow you, not focusing on what the world says I should be doing, but focusing simply on what your word says to do. I know that there's no such thing as my own truth and that the only truth is your word. Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And I think that it's very good for us as believers to remember that. It's not through our own strength or our own power, but by the strength and power of Adonai and Yeshua and the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to leave you once again, as I do every single week, with the Aaronic Blessing. You can find that in number 6, verses 24 to 26. It is the oldest blessing in the Bible. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now may you have a blessed week. Yeshua Tov, have a blessed week. Have a great week. And I will see you again next time. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.